0: You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves,
1: part of the Locked On
0: Podcast Network.
1: Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, your host here, Colton Molesky. And we have a very special podcast today because, again, on a back-to-back The Timberwolves are on the road in the Oracle playing the Golden State Warriors. And so I brought on a special guest here today, Locked On Warriors host, Aliko Carter. Thank you, Aliko, for coming on the show.
0: Happy to be here, Colton.
1: So this is a big game because the, the Warriors are... Are the you know uh, pardon the pun here, but the golden standard of the of the Western Conference and really basketball right now. And so for a team like the the Timberwolves that are kind of in their stride as far as growth and really finding themselves as a team, it's definitely a great game to measure yourself and see how you're doing compared to the best in the NBA. It looks like I I saw a report from uh, dunking with Wolves that it looks like Butler should play tonight. Uh, if he doesn't, he'll definitely be back on Sunday against the Nets, but hopefully he can make it out there tonight. Looks like the there's a really good chance that he is starting against the Warriors, and I think that if he's starting, I don't think they'd risk him going out there if he wasn't at least close to 100%, so I think you get a pretty good performance from him, and I, you, it looks like you get the full Warriors cast. This is, I think, going to be a really good game. I don't know, what are your thoughts as somebody who covers the Warriors, taken on the Timberwolves. Do you think this has the potential to be a tight one or is it another blowout like the last game?
0: Yeah, you know, I, d- I definitely think it has the potential to be a tight one. The Warriors defense has been absolutely atrocious uh since the calendar flipped to 2018. Um a lot of in a lot of ways and a lot of metrics it's been close to the worst in the league. And so teams have been Fearless coming into Oracle and 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 you know punching the Warriors in the mouth and it's been mostly the third quarter that the Warriors have been able to fight back and get those kind of blowouts and 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 you know push back. So I, I definitely think that the the Wolves have a chance, uh, especially with their third in the league offensive re- uh, offensive rating and their defense have has improved.
1: That's really with you have the Wiggins over the last few games. I know that they just lost to Portland, 123, 114. You knew they had to kind of hit a hitch in the road at some point with Butler out, and the two wins preceding that when he was off the court were pretty impressive performances from a few guys. You still had Wiggins in this one with 24 points. I think if Wiggins can somehow capture that kind of offensive production at at least some point during this game with Butler back in the lineup and you have Crawford, he was against he was in the game against Portland as well with 19 points. You have kind of the the best firepower offensively all in the game at least for the the Timberwolves in this one and like you said the dip in January that the the Warriors have had on defense. It really gives them the potential to, to put themselves in this game. Really, the, the big difference here still, uh, if you look from last time they played the Warriors to, to tonight's game, the biggest difference still is that the Timberwolves cannot really hit a stride from three, which of course the Warriors excel at. Uh, is that kind of one of the, the big, uh, obviously, four All Stars on one roster uh, definitely helps as well, but is that kind of the big separator still when you're looking at a team like the Warriors to a team compared? Comparatively like the Timberwolves is that the three-point shooting just hasn't hit a stride there for the Timberwolves And so that's the biggest divide between those two right now
0: Well, I would say that there's two divides uh, The one is the three-point shooting you obviously have arguably the two best shooters in history and Steph and clay Along with a ton of shooting down the roster Nick young Omri Caspi um, um, oh, God what is his name? Yeah <laughs> Anyway, uh, and... um, You got good shooting, is basically the the bottom line. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Up and down the roster. And sorry, it's early in California. (laughs) Um, And uh, the defense is... uh, You know, I always thought I would see more from the Minnesota Timberwolves defensively. I don't understand how a Tom Thibodeau coach team is uh, so poor rotation-wise. And I feel like it's... You know, it's an effort thing with Big Cat and with Andrew Wiggins. You know, they're so long, they're so big, they can really do at the three and the five what some of the best players in the league do defensively, but you're not seeing it on a day-in, day-out basis, and I think that that divide is absolutely uh, as big as the three-point shooting divide.
1: No, definitely. And the part of the problem, too, when I bring up three-pointers, it's not just making them. uh, They... The Timberwolves typically are have been fairly bad uh, against uh, three-point shooting, especially when teams are really feeling it. Uh, you, you can't really keep pace with them on offense, and on the defensive side, they're uh, they're giving up uh, around 40% shooting from from range uh, this season. And they've played some some good teams, but they also played some pretty bad teams. So the average out about that 40 mark is uh, is not great. It's, no, not at all. It's part of it. They're looking over some of the games they play. Part of it is a guy like Teague that ha- plays so well one night and can play so poorly the next uh you you look at just the last couple games with the 30 point game against the Clippers and he looks really good in transition uh offense and on defense and then the next night 15 points only has three assists uh it just doesn't seem to be in sync with everybody else only is out there for 27 minutes which is kind of a sign especially with the the point guard position this season uh for for the Timberwolves, it's kinda of a sign how long you're out there with how you've performed defensively and just in the rest of the offense, how you've kind of sunk up with the the rest of that team from a night to night basis. But sure. it uh it it just there's something on the on the defense, especially with the three-point shooting, defending that, that hasn't clicked in. They've had some really good games against Biggs. They've had some really great games against the Pelicans when they're combating guys like Cousins and Davis, and they have to kind of crash against the boards and and play really tough against the glass. Towns has really showed up in those games. Taj Gibson has been given the, big in those games, Gorgie Jang. But when you have to defend the three-point battle, it they've really struggled and they really I think a little bit you alluded to that the effort they really got to close out on some of these guys and kind of try and make them feel some kind of pressure from the perimeter which is something they haven't done this season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Warriors actually are allowing a um, a really bad percentage from uh, three right now. And you know I alluded to it the month of January the defense has not been very good. And so this could be a chance for the Timberwolves to bust out uh, from three. And, and, you know, make something happen because the last few games the Warriors have been allowing 40, 41, 42 percent from the three-point line uh, consistently. Uh, and you talk about consistently uh, consistency when you talk about Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. I think that's another divide that the Warriors have been able to showcase is consistency. You've got guys out there who you know, you know, you know Steph is going to drop 25, you know uh, uh, Kevin Durant's going to drop 25, and you know that Klay um, that Thompson's going to drop 20. And other than that, you know that uh, Draymond Green is going to play as staunch a defensive game as he can. It hasn't really been Draymond's fault that the defense has been, you know, uh, floundering. It's, it's really from, from top to bottom. But consistency is something that we've come to expect from the Golden State Warriors. And um, you definitely got to look at Klay Thompson this game because he's had two bad games. And so uh, Jimmy Butler's going to have to lock him down because he's ready to fire.
1: And, too, I know that defense is important and it's easy kind of to gloss over, especially in kind of the highlight reel that some of these NBA games are, but it really, really helps when you're averaging 115 points, 115.9 uh, <laughs> points per game to to have some defensive slumps when you have guys like Curry. Uh, what about, on? The, I know the defense has tailed off a little bit, but, How have you liked Durant's defense? It feels like that's something that he's really worked on from last season to this season, just being a better guy against the glass, uh, being a little bit more of a presence down low, and defensively, he seems to have upped his game.
0: Yeah, absolutely, especially in that segment when Curry was out of the game for about 14 games, Um, the defense in December was absolutely stellar, and... Durant was one of the biggest reasons why I would say, you know, you put Durant against Draymond and you see how much better a defender Draymond is at defending the whole floor with his eyes. But as far as on ball defense, especially in the post and coming over from the uh, weak side to block shots, Kevin Durant has been absolutely incredible this year. Absolutely incredible. And, um, I, I do think it would be a bit of a joke for him to win Defensive Player of the Year on the same team as Draymond Green and on a team that has fallen out of the top five in defensive efficiency, but um, I love what I'm seeing. You you didn't see that in Oklahoma City.
1: No, yeah, he he's definitely kind of tr- – it seems like he's tried to shed a little bit of the the finesse offensive – Kind of mantra that was around him and and taken on, or at least tried to take on one of one of the the more two way player kind of kind of roles on the team, and it's it's been fun to see a guy who. Is on a team like the Warriors, and so he's not out there trying to chase stats and trying to trying to compete with Steph and the points that he puts up. He's trying to be better in a lot of areas of basketball, as opposed to a few, like it looked like in Oklahoma City. And I think that there's that's a commendable yeah, 14 transition. Fourteen assists last night.
0: Fourteen yeah. assists last night, career high. A couple of nights ago against the Knicks.
1: No, yeah, he he's trying to do the best basketball he can outside of scoring, and uh, when you join a team like the Warriors, you got to find ways to contribute off the ball and outside of scoring, because obviously with guys like Clay and Draymond and Curry on the same team, you can't put up 40 a night, but it it's a harder transition mentally than I think people give it credit for, and so it's been impressive watching him make that switch over the last season and a half.
0: Yeah, he's been absolutely incredible, and he's a really nice guy, too. You know, you see him uh, in the locker room sometimes or, you know, post-games. He's laughing. He really enjoys the environment. There's just an era of fun, an aura of fun around the team that he really slid into very uh, very quickly. But I also think that um, he's got this kind of, like, mean streak. You know, he, he was ejected in that Knicks game that I just mentioned. He's been ejected three times this year, and he's trying to, uh, you know, grab onto an enforcer role uh, in a way that he never did before, and Warriors fans are loving it. In, in people's faces, you know, <laughs> getting in the refs' faces. Uh, it's, it's exciting.
1: It's definitely a different Durant than we're used to seeing. Uh, we're going to get more into that as well as more of the matchups in this game, but first we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. All right, so the ejection you mentioned it that he's ejected in the Knicks game uh, a few. Uh, what was it? I want to say a week and a half ago, a week. uh, Bielitsa, uh gets the technical. He's fighting with Alfalo, oh, yeah. uh, on the Orlando Magic. In a little brother,
0: they say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I don't think it. It might. It might not. It probably won't happen. But is there a chance that there's some real chippiness? You got Draymond. He's always talking. Butler has shown that he's not going to really take any of. Of that kind of nonsense on the court and he has definitely one of the more harder chin guys in the NBA uh, and you got Durant who is now showing this more of an edge to him is there a chance that you see some stuff maybe not a I'm not saying a fight but is there a real chance that the chippiness of this game becomes more of a story throughout this night?
0: I hope not. You know, I think we're we're too close to the All Star Game. People are in there feeling. Butler and Big Cat are in the game along with four Warriors. I think what we're going to see is just you know business as usual. And the Warriors, they're focused on getting their defense back into back into order. And if they're not poised, and they haven't been poised the last few games, that's why they lost in Houston. That's why they uh, were able to uh, weren't able to. Uh, you know, punch the Knicks in the mouth in the first couple of quarters. And so I, I think what you're going to see, especially on uh, national television, is a level of poise that uh, won't lead to any confrontations tonight.
1: Uh, yeah, it, I hope that I know it's it no doesn't... I no fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I don't want to see... Anybody ejected? I want to see the full complement of guys on both these rosters go head to head. At the same time, I think it is something you definitely have to watch for. If one of these teams goes on a little run, there's definitely that potential, which does have have the uh, the allure of maybe that not maybe the same level as the Clippers Rockets game of a few weeks ago, but there's definitely potential for these teams to go back and forth both. Between the whistles and and when they're actually when there's actually play, which is an interesting aspect sure. of the game to look for. Uh, moving on, Curry. He has been uh, since he got back from the injury. He has been just amazing. What what has it been like to watch him escalate his play, especially coming off of an injury? Well, you know it's magical.
0: I mean, the dude is a wizard and uh, is not of this earth, and all of those <laughs> other you know you know random kitschy things you can say about the guy. Uh, the reality is that this is what Warrior fans have come to expect from him year in and year out. And if he's not dropping three or four threes a game, we're disappointed. Uh, and if he's not, you know, you know, making those no look dimes and pulling up from thirty, it's just it's just not the same. And you know, when he was out, the announcers uh, Bob Fitzgerald and, and Jim Barnett on NBC Bay Area basically, you know, they said. Kevin Durant doesn't have the same effect on this crowd as Stephen Curry does. It's always going to be Stephen Curry's team. Mm -hmm. And when he came back, he really, really showed that, uh, you know, because Kevin Durant was playing amazing, incredible basketball during the month of December. He was averaging about 32, 33 points per game. He was, you know, running the back line with aplomb. And. the the crowds were bored you know sometimes <laughs> even though even though the uh even though the team was winning and the the reality is that stephen curry gets the crowd into the game and the crowd is a huge part of what makes the the team go and so i got to say you know watching stephen curry is always a revelation but it's a normal revelation at this
1: point is it fair to say that the the narrative or at least part of the narrative around the the warriors this season is curry kind of reestablishing that this is very much still his team despite the addition to durant
0: yeah i would say absolutely yes and you look at the way the team is situated and uh how plays run and it's basically designed you know completely around curry around curry's gravity you know that's been gone into by every writer uh on the face of the earth uh but i think this is a year that curry establishes himself as the number one option Throughout the playoffs, if he can stay uninjured and then wins his first finals MVP, if the Warriors do make it to the promised land.
1: Oh, yeah, there's definitely that potential. Uh, just watching him the other night, I can't remember what game it was, but I. I- it reminded me, and I know these are di- very different players, but it reminded me of Kobe a lot. And Kobe, it was more the drive and the fade, but Curry, when he's from outside, there'll be moments in that game where the, he'll just go on a run in the third quarter or the, or the fourth quarter, and he is just going to score. You just can bet money that he is going to score. And the player it reminded me of was Kobe, and he, it's different shots, but at the same time, when Kobe wanted to score in a third quarter, and his team was down by three, and he wanted to go on a 10-point run, he was going to score, and he was going to get those buckets, and there was nothing anybody could do about it, and I get that same feeling from Curry, but it's from like 30 feet where he's launching these threes, and, or, or these amazing plays where he'll dive between three players and floated up off the glass. And it's just kind of that same feeling where you know he's going to score. And it's funny because the other team doesn't – they don't have a play that will stop it.
0: Right. And not only that, you know, it's like the they have the crowd on the string at the same time, too. Mm-hmm. So when Curry is going – the Whether they're home or away. Whether they're home or away. And that's one of the most novel things – Growing up as a Warriors fan, when Kobe would come to town, Oracle would be filled with Lakers fans. And it was just, it was almost embarrassing. You know, in uh, <laughs> games, well, you know, back in the day, we had Dante yeah. Ellis and Andres Biedrins and, and Baron Davis and those people. And um, now it's like that for the Warriors everywhere they go. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, I've been one of those guys. I've been, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, in uh, opponents' arenas rooting for the Warriors. And, you know, people don't like it. But at the same time, uh, you know, Curry is a phenomenon, and, you know, kids love him, and he really backs up the hype, you know, in a way that Kobe really couldn't in his last few years, you know?
1: No, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's something else. Uh, we're going to get to some predictions here and then a Western Conference uh, kind of broad scope look. But first, uh, one more break for our, for our sponsors. All right, so before we get to the, the look at kind of the Western Conference scope, uh, just lay out for me what do you think happens tonight? I, I think a lot of people can predict the Warriors probably win. Uh, what kind of game is it, though? Is it more of a, a trudge? Do you think that the Timberwolves can slow down the pace or have a chance to slow down the pace? Or do you think it's one of those games where it's tight and then the Warriors really take off in the third quarter? Is it a game where Curry's really feeling it and and it, it's never really a game? What do you predict for tonight?
0: Well, here's the matchup that I think is going to be the most critical, and that's Jimmy Butler versus Klay Thompson. They're the two best 3&D uh, guys. I mean, you don't want to say 3&D when you're talking about two all-stars. These guys are absolutely the best two-way shooting guards in the league, and they're going to be matched up against each other. And so it's really about, can Jimmy Butler keep Klay from getting his shots? Can Klay keep Jimmy Butler from getting to his, you know, pet spot? And uh, that's going to be extremely chippy. I do think that the Warriors are going to be, you know, out firing from the very beginning. I think it's going to be a fast game. And I think that um, the Timberwolves are going to play into it. And, you know, a lot of teams have been running with the Warriors as the Warriors' defense has floundered, and it's made for some really, really exciting basketball. I do think you can see one of those third-quarter outbursts. They put something in the water Uh, during halftime and the Warriors always come out in the third quarter and just are ready to go. So the Timberwolves are going to have to be ready for that. But yeah, Clay Thompson versus Jimmy Butler is what I've been waiting for for all week.
1: No, that is sure to be a a great matchup. Uh, For me personally, I'm looking at point guard, especially for the Timberwolves. You're not going to be the best point guard on the floor because Curry's out there. But if Andre Mon Green. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Andre Mon Green. Uh, But Teague is one of those players where you can tell if it's going to be his night or not in the first. Twelve to 15 minutes. So he needs to come out. He needs to shoot well right away. He needs to facilitate in the offense right away. It needs to be if they're going to have a shot, it needs to be one of those nights where he's going to put up 25 and 10 to to keep them in this game, their entire offense in this game. And if he can feel it from range, then he'll offer some, some depth to the offense of the Timberwolves as well. So right away in that first quarter, I want to see Teague trying to be a real big part of this offense. And that'll be all the difference in the world for the Timberwolves.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you you know it's something he's capable of being a former all-star. I wanted to ask you how how have you felt about T's play this year in a Timberwolves uniform?
1: I think it's something I expected. I I really believe that when he's that he is kind of one of those fringe point guards, but he's still right there at the probably the sixteenth or seventeenth best point guard uh, in in the NBA, just because he'll he'll go on a, a run where for a week. He is really great, and then he'll have a couple bad games, and he's a little bit of a streaky guy. But even if he can have a bad game shooting and still offer up 10 assists, there's definitely nights where he facilitates really well. It's those nights that when he has uh, 10 points and 3 assists that are, are really bad, but it's not a lot of the nights that he's out there. And so I, I think he's kind of what you expected. And they really just got to figure out a way to pair the two-point guards together because Tyus Jones' defense is phenomenal. And his I think he's still a top-five guard at, in his uh, turnover-to-assist ratio. So really what they need is a lineup, more lineups where both of those guys are out on the floor together to complement each other. But I I think that as far as what you can expect you play team, two
0: six two guys at the same time and 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 against the Warriors line of you know six seven behemoths.
1: I think there is a way to do it just because Tyus is a very pesky defender. He doesn't look like he's going to be a problem, but he's he, the way he is around the ball and the way he's able to create turnovers. I think makes up for his size difference, and then the, the the transition offense that Teague gives the Timberwolves is really valuable. And so I think both of the speed that both of them have make it worth it where you can find a lineup to put both of them out there because they both offer some very different things. Uh, and, and again, Teague, I, I know a lot of people kind of bashed the, the three year uh, fifty. plus million dollar contract for him but you had to you had to get somebody to slide in there uh because they didn't they didn't expect tyus jones to take this big of a jump and so i think for a guy who's kind of been pretty even keeled and he's had some really great moments and some really low moments i think this is kind of what you expected from and he's performing about as well as you could want him to perform
0: absolutely and kind of like an avery bradley um guy Tyus Jones uh, you know small but really able to play defense at a high level
1: yeah he is he is one of those guys who you think he's not doing much, but then you look at the box score and he's got like three steals and he's got no turnovers and he's got five assists. The The key for him is just getting out there. I mean, he's not one of those guys that you can throw out there for six minutes and you expect him to, to really contribute. But over the course of 18 minutes, he is a huge piece. But he's not one of the – I think he takes a special talent – to to be able to really contribute max amount in a very short amount of time when you don't really have a rhythm or a feel for the game. He's not one of those guys you can throw out there for six minutes. But if he's playing 18 minutes, he's money.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing I love about the Warriors. They have so many guys you can throw out there for six to eight minutes at a time, and they'll contribute for you, starting with David West. David West's per 36 numbers are right in line with his uh, all-star numbers from when he was in New Orleans. Uh, per thirty six minutes is absolutely incredible also uh Sean Livingston is a guy we can just put out there, and we know he's going to do what he needs to do, play good defense on the ball and score the ball on the other side a lot of the time with his back to the basket he's just really special
1: and those are that's proof that yet again the the warriors are a great team top to bottom with their their office uh, office office excuse me office grabbing guys <laughs> like that, and keeping those kind of guys around. Guys like Curry and Draymond and Durant and Klay Thompson, it's not just a top-heavy roster. They're very good top to bottom, and they've found a bunch of really good guys that they can work in on these little contracts to stick around and be great B role player guys. Uh, another guy that bothers me that the that the Golden State Warriors got was Jordan Bell. I really loved him out of college. When uh, the draft was coming around and I was writing about uh, drafting, coming up with mock drafts, I thought he'd be really good for a lot of teams in the first round. He drops in that second round and the Warriors pick him up, and he's a great transition guy and a really big, long guy who's really fast. It bothers me that they are able to pick those guys up and nobody's complaining about it because they don't notice it. But then he he turns into a big piece later on.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're going to just keep buying draft picks for the foreseeable future, I think, you know? I mean, like, we're not going to be getting high draft picks, and their scouting is absolutely incredible. You know, Jordan Bell fit right in. He's injured right now, so we won't see him tonight. He'll be reevaluated evaluated uh, for an ankle uh, bone bruise um, in about a week and a half.
1: No, yeah, but he's he's definitely one of those guys uh, that just fits right in, and yeah, I mean, it, when you're scouting and your front office is is kind of picking out these guys and plucking these guys almost seemingly out of nowhere to to slide right into the roster perfectly. I mean, why not buy some of those low draft picks cuz you're you're hitting on them. Yeah. All right, I wanted yeah, to, before absolutely. we head out here, I wanted to take a a broad look at the the Western Conference. Uh, a lot of talk here about a lot of excitement around the Houston Rockets maybe they're the team to bump off the Warriors. A lot of people are excited about the potential that somebody might actually be in place to to make a run at the Warriors. As somebody who covers the Golden State Warriors on a very day-to-day basis, is there a team that wor- worries you out there? San Antonio, you obviously have Kawhi Leonard could come back, but he's got the injury trouble. The Timberwolves are still a growing team. Even though they're at that fourth, third spot, they're still a growing team, a young team. The Houston Rockets uh, have had some their sh- fair share of injury trouble. Is there a team out there that really worries you, uh, or are the Rockets somebody that actually does maybe present a problem?
0: Well, I think the Rockets present a problem if the Warriors can't get their defense back in order. I, I, you know, everybody presents a problem if the Warriors are going to allow 115 points a game. Even if they're scoring 125, it's still a big problem. But uh, you know, when the defense gets back locked in, you know, the Rockets are definitely a scary team because they have so many players who can shoot the three. Because they are able to, they're the only team that has basically shown. The ability to run with the Warriors at an equal rate and put up the same amount of points, and so you know, you look at um, you look at LeBron and his inability to run with the Warriors in the finals last year. Even though that was their mo, that was what Ty Lue said they want to do. We're a team that's going to run. We're going to run. We're going to run. What? You can't run with the Warriors unless you have the personnel, and the Houston Rockets have the personnel, so they're a little scary. I definitely think that the Spurs would be scarier with Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. The Warriors still have a number of games to play against the Spurs, and we'll see if Kawhi can come back before you know the playoffs, uh, you know, or even you know this season at any point. Uh, the Wolves are definitely playing extremely well. You guys are twelve games above five hundred. And, uh, you know, beating really, really good teams, the Warriors are going to have to be locked in tonight. I also think that the Celtics are a team to watch out for, and the Warriors play the Celtics on Saturday night in primetime on ABC. And the Celtics' defense is absolutely suffocating. (laughs) And, you know, especially uh, on the ball, they do good things. They give Curry fits, and they're able to successfully disrupt the four-on-threes that Draymond runs once Curry is double-teamed at, uh, at the, you know, basically at the half-court mark, at the logo. Uh, a lot of teams can't do that, and the, and the, the Celtics have shown that they're able to um, make the Warriors adjust and then make the Warriors adjust again. And I think that that is something that is extremely uh, hard to do. And so give the, the Celtics defense credit. I don't think their offense can compete with the Warriors. So if you were somehow to be able to put the Celtics defense together with the Houston Rockets offense, I'd be terrified.
1: (laughs) The Celtics, too, uh, they might actually get Gordon Hayward back for the playoffs. He was taking shots and and dribbling some before that Clippers game last night, and uh, it it looked like he might – when you see stuff like that, it looks like he might actually have a – a puncher's chance of getting back for the playoffs. Uh, is there any chance that a Toronto could present any kind of problems? There, there's. They might actually make it to the finals. They are a very good team, 32 and 14 right now. They are a sneaky good team. Nobody's really talking about them, but they have put together a very nice season so far. Demar DeRozan playing at his best right now. Uh, finally figured out the three point shooting and it has been deadly. Kyle Lowry an all star. And they've been really good with the role players they've had off the bench and in their front court. Is there any chance that they could sneak out a couple wins if they actually make it to the finals?
0: Yeah, you know, it's such a. uh, It's so easy to sleep on the Toronto Raptors, and I definitely have been sleeping on DeMar DeRozan. You know, I wrote him off, you know, a few years ago because he never developed a three point shot. He still doesn't have one, but he's pulling it out there, you know, as often as he can and this team is good on both sides of the ball. I definitely think you could see a couple of wins, maybe you know, one or two wins. Um they definitely played the Warriors extremely strong last week and DeMar DeRozan was one of the biggest reasons why as well as Jakob Pertle. You know, how how is where did Jakob Pertle come from <laughs> and how is he pulling down offensive rebounds like such a beast? But uh DeMar had 40 points and kept the Rockets the Rockets the Raptors in the game. For most of the game it was really just the Warriors talent that won out at the end it was another one of those situations where the Warriors were playing atrocious defense so I think first the Warriors beat themselves if they don't play defense and then secondly you've got you know a gaggle of teams who could really threaten them Um, but it's going to be a gauntlet on both sides in the uh, playoffs this year And so some of these teams are going to be very tired by the time they, if they get to the finals. If Toronto or or the Celtics get to the finals, they're going to have to go through Cleveland. They're going to have to go through some other good teams, potentially uh, the 76ers or the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Washington, exactly. There are some good teams. And so the, the Eastern Conference is definitely a surprise this year, and I'm really excited to see who comes out of the finals. But I don't think that anyone has, I mean, people have puncher's chance, but... Uh, it's, it's uphill. It's still, uphill. Yeah, yeah. It's an uphill battle. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And to your point about the Raptors, that's why nobody. That's why everybody's sleeping on them because outside of DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, they have like three guys a night that nobody knows who they are and they all contribute in some way to get a, a win. Uh, but if you're looking at all these teams just from the broad scope, kind of jumping ahead to the playoffs a little bit, if you're looking at even even a Houston or Boston, Toronto. Any of these teams that are in the Western Conference Finals or in the Finals, to play the Warriors, they don't have enough A-list guys to where you can have an off night. So if you're looking at, at Toronto, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry need to have a great, an amazing night. Both of them combined every single night of that series to have a chance at winning. And that just is not going to happen. Same with Houston. I think that Chris Paul and uh, James Harden have to have some of their best nights every single night of that series in the conference finals if they're going to have a chance against the Warriors. The Warriors, Durant can have a bad night. It's going to be okay. Curry Thompson are going to pick up the slack. Curry can have a bad night because Draymond is a phenomenal point guard. It's just so hard to attack this team without having perfect games from your stars
0: definitely i think houston though has some um <clears throat> some backup with eric gordon and clint capella and they're playing out of their mind and they were you know that second tier of guys who you thought maybe deserved a little bit of all-star consideration this year you knew they weren't going to make it but they've been playing extremely well so far this year
1: no that's definitely true the that's the thing that makes them so intriguing is those those kind of guys i actually think i i'm on the wagon that clint capella should have been an all-star this year
0: over who? See that—that's the thing. Is I, I love these questions. Like, who do you leave off uh, when you add somebody to the roster? You know, a lot of these guys they get really salty about you know not their teammates not making the team. It's like, all right, put your money where your mouth is. Who would you bring off of the team to put your guy on? So uh, I would take it,
1: I would take him now. over Clay. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I know it sounds bonkers. I would take him over Clay. His uh, his player efficiency rate is 26. He's been amazing down low. Uh, I think really maybe some of it is because he's a big guy who has really made a name for himself on a team that prides itself on shooting threes, and he has fit into a very fast paced offense. Even though he's still hung to that center role, uh, it has been very impressive to me. He's worth a double double average every night. I uh, I yeah I, I put I would put him over Clay, but uh, that's that's just my opinion, and nobody's asking about my opinion.
0: <laughs> oh no, I was definitely asking. I appreciate it. <laughs> All
1: right, that's that's it for us. Uh, the again, Warriors taking on the Timberwolves in the Oracle. Definitely watch that game. I we both think it's going to be a fun game. Going to be a good back and forth battle. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Oliko, for for coming on the podcast.
0: Yeah, thank you. and Make sure uh, you tell all your listeners if they're interested. uh, Check out the Locked on Warriors podcast. Yesterday I did an all-star game mock draft that was pretty fun. So see where Jimmy Butler ended up, where Carl Anthony Towns ended up on Team LeBron or Team Steph. Definitely take a listen.
1: Absolutely. Once you're done with this, go check it out on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure to to give him a subscribe as well on there. And then go check out some more Locked On podcasts because we have a bunch of great talent on the on the network and a bunch of fun podcasts. Thanks for joining us for another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.